Hey, y'all. I'm Jordan Gill, host of the System Samey podcast. More entrepreneurs are seeking freedom and flexibility, but how does that really happen? Systems, of course. I'm lifting the hood to my successful life-first business, sharing strategies and thought-provoking prompts to how your business can accomplish the same for you. Let's get it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the System Samey podcast. I got back last week from Podcast Movement 2023 in Denver, Colorado, and recorded a live video of my recap of the event. And so I am actually just going to go ahead and play that recording versus having to re-record just the audio one. So if you hear me talking about QR codes or things like that, just ignore, uh, because that's for the visual people. But uh, I'm really excited to share what I learned, what insights I'm going to take away from my three days at the event. And again, maybe some insights that'll help you as well. If you're a podcast host or even guesting, uh, there's there's insights for both of those. So I'm going to go ahead and play the live recording. Hello, hello. Welcome to a live recording of the Systems Amy podcast. I thought it would be fun to try something new and share my recent trip to Podcast Movement of 2023 in Denver, Colorado. And so I just got back from that trip and I learned a ton. (laughs) That was actually my third podcast movement. I went to the one in 2018 that was in Philadelphia. Then I went to the one last year that was in Dallas, Texas, which is where I'm from. And then this year I went to Podcast Movement over in Denver, Colorado. So I have seen a few different ones again, and I would say that this one, maybe because of the seriousness I'm taking my podcast now, I just found so many gems and intrigue. So I'm excited to share that with you. So my recap has about eight uh, points to it, and I am just going to run down my list and share my insights and feedback with you. So uh, number one is not a shocker, but nothing tops in-person events, like truly, like I think about the difference between the relationships that you can bond over online and then how quickly you can actually bond in person. And this isn't, you know, specific to me and I have some social powers or anything. It truly is all around the fact that people are just super open and super like they want to connect. Right. And when you're online, you know, if someone slides into your DMS or if someone is emailing you, it's usually because they want something from you. And then it just kind of feels like, eh, like this isn't, this doesn't feel as good. It doesn't feel as organic. And in person is just time and time again, every time I go to an in-person event or conference, I'm reminded at how quickly you can bond and connect with people at different events. Now, obviously, podcast movement is bonding over being a podcast host, being a creator. And it was an awesome community. And even just like waiting in line for my Starbucks, or, you know, waiting for the elevator, people were so kind, so lovely. And again, I just feel as though if you you know, you don't have to go to podcast movement per se, although if you're a podcaster, I would highly recommend it. 
I would encourage you to have at least a few events on your radar. That could be two, that could be three, uh, because of the speed at which you can move at live events is much, much faster than anything that you could do online. And that is my personal opinion because this is my podcast, but I, I just, I feel it every time I go. So podcast movement reiterated that for me and reinvigorated my love of going to live events and connecting with people. It's like my favorite thing. So that's number one, right? So number two is there's always going to be contradicting advice. (laughs) So you're going to hear different advice that I have received at this conference. Some of it will be contradicting. Some of it may be like, wait a second, this is one way. And then this is the other way. And that is just how the cookie crumbles. I feel like anytime that you go to an event with diverse thoughts and perspectives, you are going to get diverse thoughts and perspectives. You're going to get people who say podcast, you know, through audio is where it's at. And then you're going to literally hear in the next session that podcasting through video is where it's at. And then you're going to hear millennials are the fastest growing listeners. And then you're going to hear Gen Z are the fastest growing listeners. And you're just kind of like, okay, you know? And so from there, you have to just kind of take your own experience and your own insights and use that as the lens or, you know, the, the filter when you're listening to all of this advice, because every person, every podcaster is different. And so while you know, the presenters are trying to adhere to as many people as possible. That doesn't mean that every piece of advice they give or every strategy they give is going to pertain to what it is that you want to accomplish with your podcast or with your, you know, next step, right in your business. So um, I I just have to say that because uh, I don't think I have too much of the contradiction advice here on my recap. Uh, Again, I kind of filtered it through my own lens as a podcaster of over seven years. So I just, I just wanted to caveat (laughs) or caveat or whatever it is that again, you may hear things that are contradictory to maybe what you have heard or what you've experienced or what your podcast is like, and that's okay. (laughs) Right. That's totally okay. So now getting into the nitty gritty. So I wanted to share some interesting podcast stats with you that again, are, uh, not hopeful per se, but just like really showing that podcasting is not slowing down. It is not, you know, the old school way of giving content. It is very much alive and well. And before I get into the stats, one of the things that I noticed from going to the 2018 podcast movement, then the 2022 and then 2023 was back in 2018. It was way, way heavy on like creators, like there were more people there that were podcasters than people who had podcasting software or who were in the business of podcasting. And this year it was like, I don't want to say the opposite, but there was way more people there who have podcasting software or podcasting networks or podcasting ad agencies or something along those lines. And I found that really fascinating. And I think what that means is that, again, the business of podcasting is 
alive and well. It's strong. It is where a lot of sponsors, partnerships, again, networks are moving toward. And so it's not slowing down. There actually was a booth uh, that Disney had actually, where they're going to be creating a frozen podcast, right? And they're going to be looking for different folks to have on Disney podcasts. Like, I don't even, (laughs) I don't even know like what that will actually look like. But again, if Disney's paying attention, if Paramount, if again, Spotify is acquiring all sorts of things, there's moving and shaking going on in the podcasting industry. There's no doubt about it. And so one interesting stat is that uh, there's about 400,000 podcasts that are considered active. And what active means is that they have released at least one episode every 90 days, right? And that's what's considered active, which as somebody who does multiple episodes every single week, uh, that doesn't feel very active to me. <laughs> that feels very much like a, a random you know, smorgasbord, essentially. So, but nobody asked me what active podcasts are. So that is what it is. But 400,000 podcasts that release at least one episode every 90 days. Then if you want to know how many podcasts release at least one episode every week, it's 150,000. And that's across business. That's across entertainment. That's across comedy. That's across true crime. And I was like, that's not a lot. Like that really is not a ton of people who are on this medium. And so what that tells me is that if you're interested in starting a podcast, it is not too late. Even though podcasting has been around for, I don't know, 20 some years. And, you know, people think, oh, it's too late. La, 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 la. It's not too late. Like 150,000 of anything is not that much in the grand scheme of places to put content like YouTube, super saturated, social media, saturated, all of that. Right. And now can you stand out in those, you know, different platforms? Absolutely. And like, there's so many benefits to having a podcast. Now, as I say, (laughs) there's a ton of benefits to having a podcast. Again, here I go with a little bit of contradictoriness. And that is that it is one of the hardest mediums to grow. And what I mean by that is if somebody isn't a podcast listener, it's going to be very hard for you to convince them to become a podcast listener by listening to your podcast. And the reason for that is because the habit of listening to podcasts usually is already ingrained in a lot of folks. So the idea of trying to get new listeners, most people think, okay, well, I need to get new people who've never listened to podcasts before to listen to podcasts. That is extremely hard. Like that's really, really hard. That's, I don't want to say abnormal, but it just, it's tough. And I'll share a little bit later, kind of the top three ways to grow your podcast. And maybe it'll be intriguing to you. Maybe it'll be exactly what you thought it would be. I found it certainly intriguing. And the biggest part of growing a podcast is guest curation and is also making sure that you are 
uh, either doing like podcast guest swaps or even podcast ad swaps or uh, doing some sort of uh, like podcast ads on an ads player. So we're going to get to that in a second. More podcast stats, right? Because I could nerd out on this all day. Out of the top 200 podcasts, uh, Libsyn actually had put together a report on the average length of podcast episodes in the top 200 podcasts. And the average length of episode, which was surprising to me, was 57 minutes. I didn't realize that, I mean, that's a long time. Like when you think about just the attention span, but also the like level of expectation, there was something, I I don't remember who said it, maybe it was Gary Vee, but it was the fact that it's not that people's attention spans are getting smaller. It's that people's expectations are getting higher. So I was like, you know what? That's actually true. I feel like that's very true. So anywho, the fact that 57 minutes is what the top 200 podcasts are doing on average, then you have a lot of room to play there. And that doesn't mean that you need to go and change your podcast. If you're doing 15 minute episodes or 30 minute episodes, this just is very interesting data. What you do with it, it's up to you. And this last stat that I wanted to share is actually about ad free content, which right now my podcast is ad free. It will not be ad free for much longer. Uh, And so One of the stats that I found intriguing was that ad-free content only has 0.5 to 1% conversion on whatever it is that you're doing as a call to action. So if you're saying, go do this freebie or take this action of some sort, it's only 0.5 to 1% conversion. And ad content, so content with ads, has like 8 to 10% conversion. That is significant, right? I would consider that significant. And so there are multiple reasons why I wanted to move into adding ads to my podcast, but one of them being that I wanted to move my listeners, y'all, to take action more, right? And connect with me more. So that is one way that we are going to be doing so. All right, so that is it for number three, interesting podcast stats. So we're going to move on to number four of the recap, which is the top three ways to grow your podcast. The number one way to grow your podcast, drumroll please, is word of mouth. (laughs) And I thought that was kind of not anticlimactic, but just kind of like, oh, well, kind of the hardest thing to get going, you know, like you can't necessarily, I mean, I guess you could pay for word of mouth. I don't know, but it just felt like, okay, that, that feels less predictable or less like I can replicate. Uh, but I was like, okay, that's interesting. Next is, uh, podcast swaps and ads. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit, um, on number six. Yeah about podcast boundaries. And what I found interesting about this when it comes to podcast swaps and ads is that it's 
mainly about the fact that you're on another podcast or you're inserting an ad on another podcast and they're already a podcast listener. So that's where, when you think about kind of the marketing spectrum of how to bring about more podcast listeners and just subscribers to your podcast, it makes the most sense to go after people who are already podcast listeners and where do podcast listeners hang out? other podcasts and podcast players, right? So that is definitely an arena that we're going to be focusing quite a bit on in Q4 and, you know, beyond because I love doing swaps. I love having podcasters on my podcast because they know the drill. They have it, you know, all figured out. And so that is definitely on my to-do list for Q4 and again, beyond. And the last way to grow your podcast is through actually purchasing podcast downloads. This was like everywhere at Podcast Movement. I was only slightly aware of this, meaning that instead of you know, going on Facebook or Instagram and sending traffic to go and listen to your podcast to hopefully get downloads, you can actually connect with a podcast ad platform that will, that you pay per download. Uh, One of the ones that um, I've used uh, during like a hundred dollar experiment that I did. And that also is, um, they actually were a, a sponsor for the podcast movement conference was Mopod. And it is, again, really straightforward. It's self-service. It's a minimum of $100. And again, I found it to be really helpful. Now, is this something that I'm going to do often? I don't think so. However, where I could see it being beneficial is to again, keep up with my download numbers to stay in my network. And that's just any network that you're a part of. Uh, One of the things is that, again, you have to keep up a level of downloads for your episodes in order to stay. So that is one area that I'm excited to uh, explore further. But again, I'm not going to use it probably as an ongoing strategy. I'm just going to use it of, okay, I need to like get my numbers up. And here's a, a quick way, quick and simple way to do so. So I would encourage you to check out Mopod if you're intrigued by this at all. And I would say that there's a lot of scammers from what podcast movement folks have said. There's a lot of scammers who will promise you that they can get you more downloads, you know, and whatever else. And I would say I would only go with different platforms that have been recommended to you. I would not suggest that you just kind of willy nilly just put money into, you know, some agency that you've never heard anyone else use before. So I want to let you know that I have used Mopod and I literally, you know, have connected with actually the CEO. He listened to one of my episodes. So hello, if you're listening again, Uh, but uh, they're just really great people and it's so straightforward and I love a good streamlined system. And I would say Mopod is chef's kisses when it comes to that. All right, so number five, we're going to head on over to how ranking in the charts work. Because there's all this information out there about 
how to get, you know, on the top 100 or how to get on new and noteworthy or how to get XYZ123 when it comes to the podcast apps. And what was consistently talked about was the fact that it is really solely based on new daily subscribers. What does that mean? So if you're in the podcasting arena, you know about downloads and you know about kind of subscribers, you know about uh, uh, length and listening. That's another uh, data point that you can check out if you go into your actual Apple Podcast Connect. So when I'm talking about new daily subscribers, I mean, somebody somebody could listen to your podcast without subscribing, right? So if that happens, then that doesn't count toward Apple saying, oh, like this is a good podcast. And the reason that they put a stamp on new daily subscribers is because it has to do with the fact that your content is so good that they want to get updates about it. They want to have it show up automatically inside of their podcast app, whatever podcast app they're listening to, right? So what that means is number one, that retention isn't necessarily something that any of the podcast apps put a ton of weight on, which is wild. Like that, that to me was like, what, (laughs) you know, like, how is this, how is this possible? Because you think about YouTube, you think about Instagram, you think about TikTok, you think about everybody else. They all care so much about retention, watch time, how long people are spending on the app because of you. And that's just not the case when it comes to podcasting. So I I had to take a few deep breaths on that one because my strategy of podcast growth had way more to do with retention than it did new daily subscribers. So going to have to uh to take a look at that one and see how we can uh better grow our podcast with the note of new daily subscribers as a point of data that we need to keep track of, right? Okay. Number 6. This is a cool one because it's probably not one that many people who are recapping podcasts are going to talk about, but it's very important to me because I love boundaries. I love managing expectations and in conversations with multiple podcast hosts uh, across the board, there were so many glaring boundaries that people had put in place that I really loved. Whether I was going to adapt or adopt those boundaries myself, you know, it's maybe, but what I love to see is that like as podcasters, taking our craft seriously and knowing that people are listening because they trust us as the podcast host. And so if we don't take our job, quote unquote, seriously, then, you know, you're going to lose listeners. And if you just let anybody and anybody, anybody and everybody on your podcast, then it's going to be really tricky to retain your listeners because, they're going to start to feel and hear, it's my dog, Vivian, uh, see and hear that it is not genuine. It's not authentic. It's not intentional. And with podcasting, like that is, that's kind of the whole thing. (laughs) 
you know, you, you want your listeners to hear how authentic and genuine you are. And that just, I don't want to say that many people have lost sight of that, but I think that it, it's easy to get caught up in that. And I remember when I was podcasting before my year and a half hiatus that I came back from in January of 2023, like I stopped my podcast for a year and a half because it didn't feel genuine to me anymore. It felt like a machine. It felt like I was also having to like say yes to guests just because I wanted to avoid awkward conversations or whatever the case was. And I, I just, I don't want to have to do that. Like I want to curate my podcast in the way that I see best fit because it's my platform and it's my asset. And so therefore I need to be very clear on what is most important to me when, you know, doing this podcast. So uh, I wanted to share some of the boundaries that I heard and that I thought were really smart. Uh, the first one was only interviewing other podcasters. Now I know that this may not feel great for a lot of people to hear who are not podcasters, but I want to, uh, explain this and I want to like journey here for a minute because it doesn't, it's people don't have that boundary because they don't like people who don't have podcasts, right? That's not the point. The point of podcasters enjoying interviewing other podcasters is because you actually like it's they get you like they see you they know how to show up to an interview and be prepared and go along with like any interview question that gets thrown their way so uh, I can understand it from that standpoint I also think that a lot of people who are not podcasters can come across as very salesy. And I would say that this is probably the number one reason that the person I spoke to here and then who I've spoken to multiple times about this, that's one of the main reasons. There are definitely podcast episodes where I had guests on that clearly are not in, like, have not guested a ton on podcasts. And it came across so salesy that I did not air the interviews. Because again, it comes back to authenticity. It comes back to being genuine. And so if you are only going to, you know, if you're planning to be a podcast guest that does not have a podcast themselves, make sure that you are coming across as, again, not as salesy. And I don't know how to best else describe that. But I know when I hear other podcasters say that comment, I know what they mean. So that was one podcast boundary that someone had is like, I only want to talk to other podcasters, right? And they have the right to do so. Uh, secondly is uh, I was talking to my friend Natalie Frank um, of the Independent Business Podcast. And she, I was commenting to her, I was like, yo, like you're guest videos are always so good. How do you, how is this happening? <laughs> like, I don't understand. And she said, I only interview people with good video cameras, like that I know are going to show up professionally and have all the equipment that's necessary for a good show. And I was like, 
oh dang okay you know because again there's there's nothing worse than well that's dramatic there are things that are worse but it's not great when you show up to a podcast interview and people are planning to be a guest and they have airpods in and that's mainly because airpods have number one terrible sound and number two it just it doesn't show the level of commitment to being a podcast guest or showing up as professional as you possibly can. And, you know, that doesn't mean you need to go and get the most expensive mic you've ever seen. And at the same time, it's really important to a podcast host that your audio is clear and amazing. And for some podcasts that are both video and audio, it's extremely important that you have good audio and good video. Okay. So, I believe that this boundary is going to start showing up more because more people are doing video podcasts. And so if you don't have the right equipment and the right lighting and all that stuff, then it's going to start to get really hard to get on podcasts because that's what a lot of podcast hosts are going to start looking for. And another podcast boundary that I saw was that they only want to interview people that they invite. They literally are not taking applications or forms. Again, this may feel tricky or hard for people who, uh, again, are just looking to use podcasting as a marketing platform because you actually have to build relationships with podcast hosts. And I would say because the nature of podcasting is so relational and is so connective that if you don't, if you aren't wanting to, or are uninterested in actually connecting with the podcast host, then again, it's going to get really tough for you because more and more people are going to have an application or form and not look at it and not care because they want to curate their show. So that is going to make it even that much harder for people who are again, a little bit more transactional with their podcast guesting because there's only so many shows that you're going to be able to be on that have applications or forms or opportunities for you to be a part of them. So I really enjoyed a lot of these podcast boundary conversations because it got me thinking about what I want my boundaries to be as I start to bring guests on. And you know, some of these are very intriguing to me. And I also am just in kind of a curious kitten kind of uh, season. And so I'll be playing around, I'll be trying different things and seeing what sticks. Uh, but for now, you know, I'm, I'm in the kind of reevaluating my podcast boundaries stage. So I don't even have podcast boundaries to share with you right now. All right. So next, number seven is that I got to meet with my new networks podcast host, which was such a joy and so much fun. And what I loved about it is that it felt like home to me. And if you're new to me, you may not know a ton about me, obviously, <laughs> but I moved a lot growing up. I went to three different high schools. I've moved 12 times in my life. And so I... I don't have like a connection to the word home like most people do because I live several places. And so the the question of like, where are you from is always so awkward for me because I just want to say like America. 
that's like a much shorter answer than me literally rattling off all the different cities and states that I've lived in. And half the time I can't even remember all of them, honestly. So, um, but truly this, this network felt like home to me and here's why the network that I'm a part of is, I feel does a really great job of celebrating the differences in people and sharing diverse thought in different perspectives. Like it's not super one note in my opinion. And they also have diverse hosts, which is also very important to me. I don't want to be in a sea of same Z's in any way, shape or form, like purely uninterested. So it felt like home to me because as I'm sitting there with dinner and, and connecting with everybody, like everyone's answer to why they joined this particular network was because they felt like they could be themselves. And I loved that. That was definitely one of my reasons was like, they're not trying to decide what my content is. I get to decide it's my, you know, creative Liberty and just how, how they go about choosing the podcast that they bring on as well as how they support their creators. That's extremely important to me as well. And I just loved that. Like, I think more people need to take a note out of their book and do better when it comes to people who are advocates and to people who are true creators out here sharing and uh, giving and serving. It does take a lot, right? <laughs> if you're listening to this and you are in the same boat, yeah, we know that it can be quite a bit. Um, so I really enjoyed getting to know these folks and I'm excited to get to share more about them, more about the network uh, as we unveil very, very soon, uh, pretty soon <laughs> anyway, uh, about my network. So that is number seven. And then quickly, and number eight is, Nobody should be shocked about this. I obviously had a really awesome time at Podcast Movement in 2024, and it's going to be happening in Washington, D.C., which is going to be awesome and amazing. And actually, I saw even on the like on the little form, it said that in 2025, it's going to be back in Dallas. So, hey, hey uh, if you can't make it to 2024, come on down to 2025, and I will be there again because it literally will be right down the street from where I live. So I... I think that for any podcaster who wants to connect with other podcasters or people who are intrigued about starting a podcast, podcast movement is an awesome, awesome way to do that because the people are lovely. The sessions are really juicy. And again, it's all about the connections. It's all about being present and uh, continuing to create opportunities for yourself. And again, in person is one of the best ways to do that, which honestly brings me to my last point, which is that I am actually hosting a live event called Make Your Mark Live and it is full of podcasters and collaborators and creators. And it is September 21st and 22nd here in Dallas, Texas, but it also has a virtual ticket for those who can't attend in person. And it's really for experienced business owners generally who are online that want to collaborate and connect in some way, shape or form, whether it's for affiliates, whether it's for joint ventures, whether it's for podcast guests, whether it's for 
summit opportunities, you name it. It is very much an event that is going to curate and uh, encourage collaboration amongst who is coming, right? So uh, if I share who's coming, it's generally like digital product creators, um, a certification program leader, hosts of a membership, um, owners of agencies. It's kind of a wide gamut, service providers, coaches, content creators, et cetera. So again, we have live and virtual tickets. So you can head on over to mym.live uh, slash 2023, or literally just scan uh, this QR code with your phone um, and go check it out. I'll also add it in the comments so you can um, check it out there as well. And again, the types of things we're talking about are conversations around how business success starts at home, uh, why intuition is a required skill set of successful entrepreneurs. We've got a lot of wealth conversations, just again, more advanced conversations than just, you know, how to get your first few clients or things like that. Um, so I'm really, really excited for this event. Again, I am a huge event junkie, uh, podcast movement being one of the events that I will continue to have as a staple in my event schedule. And so if you're looking to meet more established online business owners in a variety of industries for different ways to collaborate, then Make Your Mark Live is absolutely an event that you cannot miss. So with that being said, I am so, so honored that you are uh, listening or maybe watching my live recap of the Podcast Movement 2023 experience that I had. And I hope that you go and check out the podcast so you can listen on any app uh, that you are already listening to podcasts on and just literally type in System Saved Me and you'll find us there. And of course, please, please, please subscribe to the podcast and or leave a rating and review because that means a ton for us uh, here at System Save Me and providing really great content and knowing what y'all are enjoying when you're listening. So thanks so much for listening and watching and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram for daily advice or LinkedIn if that's more of your jam. Let me know if anything resonated with you by DMing me or tagging me in stories.